It's so great to see you guys here. Thanks for joining me, for joining us for another round of love, sex, and relationships. And so I got last week behind me. I lived, you lived, and uh, it's, it's so now we just gotta, gotta coast our way through the rest of this. So tonight, I'm gonna talk about relationships. I'm gonna talk about dating specifically. That's kind of the, the realm I'm focusing on here. And then next week, a week from right now, we're actually gonna have a panel of married peoples, married staff members who are going to answer some questions. And so there is a box in the back of there. Don't go, don't go there right now. But there is a box where you can write down a question on a little index card. And we'll answer some questions next week. Maybe we'll answer your question at our panel next week just about love, sex, and relationships. It's a big, it's a lot to cover, I understand. And so we want to kind of, uh, you know, feel out kind of what you guys are thinking. What, what's on your minds? about this stuff, and because I, I, can't, I can't claim that I've covered it all. But as I said, we've gone over love, specifically talking about what does the Bible have to say about love? And last week, talking about sex, what does the Bible have to say about sex? Are you guys ready to hear what the Bible has to say about dating? Yeah. All right. All right, that's, that is everything. I think that's it. That's all that the Bible has to say about dating specifically. See, I tricked you, sorry. <laughs> Dating's not in the Bible. It didn't, it wasn't invented yet. Nobody had gone, hey, let's do dating now instead of mm, arranged marriages or whatever was going on back in the day. But throughout history, throughout culture or whatever, people, humanity has found ways. God started marriage in Genesis in the first book of the Bible and throughout just society, throughout cultures, it's just, we just have different ways of trying to put people together, put ourselves together to make people be married. <laughs> because you don't want to just, bam, just decide, I'm going to marry this person. Um, what is it, 90 Day Fiance, that's a, that exists, you know? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> this is me. I have more to share with you, but don't go on that show. <clears throat> but, and so... All these different things, love has existed as long as God has, so forever. Uh, sex has existed for quite a long time. But dating, dating is like 100 years, maybe. I'm not really sure. And honestly, it's, it's morphed a lot. I mean, probably in the past 20 years, you could argue, because the internet exists. And so, but it, it's cultural. It, it morphs, to, dating does, across time and across societies. And so how do we like land on that? And there's something, so I just want to highlight kind of, okay, here's how we do it here. We all kind of have an understanding of what it's like here where we live in this time and place. And for us, it's very, it's particularly individualistic. You know, we get to decide, all right, I'm going to date this person and we're going to, you know, it's just things that we choose for ourselves instead of, you know, uh, my family is going to whatever, meet your family and whatever, have some sort of weird trade thing going on, and then we're going to put them together, you know? We don't do that anymore, which is nice. It's, it's positive in the sense that, hey, we get, to, we get choices as people. We get to choose who we marry. That seems like a good deal to me. And, uh, but it also has negatives in the sense that sometimes we just don't, we don't know what we're doing at all. And I don't know, maybe you feel particularly confident in this realm, but as, as I've mentioned, it's not in the Bible, what do I do? I'm, I'm kind of in a bind here, you guys. But biblical wisdom exists. Biblical wisdom is spread throughout the Bible, and it talks about every area 
of life. And my goal for tonight is to take some of that biblical wisdom, some morsels, and map it onto this idea of dating and what, what, what our kind of modern conception of dating is. And this is hopefully going to apply to you, whether you're a single person or whether you're a dating person, whether you are currently you know, single or dating as of now. And so just be tuned into this because of what God might want to share with you specifically uh, regarding these things. So uh, let's jump right into here. So I basically have these different things with kind of a fill in the blank with these different, I don't really know what to call them, to be honest, as you can tell. The purpose of dating. What's the purpose? Why do we do it? (laughs) Uh, I want to come out the gate here and just give you a purpose for dating and marriage. I'm just going to say it, marriage. And then some of you might already be kind of, ah, really? Okay, that was, that was a little obvious. But because when we are, when we're kind of moseying around dating people just for fun or dating people to have a good time, it's just kind of using people, really. Even if, you know, whether it's sexually or not, it's just like you're just trying to just have a good time romantically expressing in all these, you know, whatever ways that come with these different dating relationships. I... I'm encouraging people to date in a general sense, but I want you to have an idea of what you're after in mind when you do that. Why, why do we do it? You know, maybe, some, maybe in high school, people just kind of did it because it's just what everyone was doing, I guess, and it seemed kind of interesting. But I want to challenge you with every person you date, I guess I think ought to be somebody who you'd con- at least consider marrying and if they're not in that zone, then you probably shouldn't date them. That's kind of, that's what I'm getting at here. See, biblically, all of the romantic expression that's found there, it's reserved for those who are considering marriage or who are already married. And so that's kind of the, the thing that we, are, that we see in the Bible. And it just says, yeah, it's just right there. And so, but it's, that's a tricky thing to get into, especially when you've been dating somebody for like a month or two months or whatever. The M word, marriage. I just remember when I was dating various, you know, people throughout college, it was just like, man, that is a weird word to like utter (laughs) nearby the person I'm dating. And so I don't want to like freak you out here, but I just want you to understand. It's like, I really do think that uh, marriage is this thing that that's what all of our romantic expression ought to kind of culminate in. And it's okay to date somebody and then nod and, you know, to break up or whatever. You know, it's like, it's fine to date a variety of people over the course of your life. But your end goal ought to be to marry a person and then commit to the the covenant that God's word says about marriage. And I feel like there was more about that from my message last week. So I'm not going to get into that. Now, some people, some of you maybe are maybe disillusioned about marriage because of you know, cheating or divorce or, or unhappy marriages that we tend to see like all around us. And maybe it's in, in your family. And that's a hard thing to deal with. And I'm not, I can't make a full defense for marriage for you for the next, whatever, 15 minutes. That's not what I'm here to do. But God's word does tell us, Proverbs 18, he who finds a wife and she who finds a husband finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. This is a good thing that God has blessed us with. Uh, just like last week, it's not ultimate. 
for some people, especially maybe kind of a Christian subculture, it's like, man, we just got to get married, you know, really, really stoked on that. And then some people, you can, you can devalue marriage by just kind of, eh, you know, whatever. I don't really, uh, I just kind of want to date people and I don't really care about that. It is a good thing that God has put into life. And I encourage you to put that as the focus for why you're dating a person. Especially if you're sitting across from somebody on a date and they have a different end goal in mind than you do for that date and that relationship of dating, then that's, that's not what you want, right? You want to be on the same page as that person. So at some point, even if you're not gonna just drop the M word um, on them, drop a marriage on them just like right, up, right off the bat, uh, you should still be thinking about, okay, are we on the same page here? Because for a lot of people, dating is just to have a good time and to meet people. And hopefully, in maybe in this kind of community, uh, hopefully by now we've communicated or cultivated some sort of a culture of, yeah, people date in order to get married. And now it might not be tomorrow. It might not be a month from now. But we're, we're feeling it out. We're trying to see who would be a good partner for my life. Because that's, that's what God's designed us for, is for companionship that lasts uh, beyond just temporary, you know, flings. And so, moving on, the priority of dating. I don't have a blank for you just yet. So inside you, inside all of us, is, is a ranked list of like a million things. There's things at the top, they outweigh the things at the bottom. Basically, this is your value list. This is your priorities. You know, you like this food better than this, this food, and you like this thing better than this, you like this person better than this person. There's all these things that are taking up space in your, in your heart. Those are your values. For example, coming to challenge, large group, has a higher value priority for you than watching Netflix right now. And that might not be the case tomorrow, but for, you know, for right now, yeah, you're here. I know that that's a value for you because you are sitting here, right? Uh, unless somebody dragged, maybe not disappointing your friend who dragged you here is a higher value. But, uh, you know, there's values. It's all that's happening all inside of you. And I'm glad you're here, by the way. Our utmost priority in life and in dating needs to be this, is God's glory. God's glory, that is the blank. We have all these, just millions of things that just sort of take up space in our heart. And we have them ranked in such a way, oftentimes the things that we want to do first, the things that we commit our time to and our money that's what, that's what we value. That's what we prioritize in life. And I encourage you to, if you, if you are not a follower of Jesus right now, that's okay, for one thing. I'm glad you're here. And this is, this is my goal. As a follower of Jesus, my goal, my utmost priority in life and in dating needs to be God's glory. We read in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, this is Jesus talking. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or who shall we date, right? Or where, where am I going to take her this coming Monday, right? That's coming up. I just realized. <laughs> it's coming up. Valentine's Day. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Once again, he's not talking about, hey, this is how to date. 
But all these things, what's an, what are areas of anxiety in your life? There, there, there might be various things, all kinds of stuff. I think for a lot of people it is, just relationships. Oof, just how this going? Or your, your desire to, to be with somebody. Or you're in the midst of conflict in a relationship in your dating life. These, all these things happen, and they, they bring anxiety. And God's telling us, don't worry about that right now. Seek first, first, top priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means God's glory and honoring God with your life and obeying him in righteousness. I have another thing I want to share with you here. It's not a blank, so just you're going to have to write some stuff. Sorry. Master, mission, mate. Write those three words. Master, master sorry, mission, mate. This isn't up there, sorry. You're just going to have to hear it from my mouth. Master, mission, mate. Three M words. More, more of those. Master. So I just want to walk through these. These are three things that should be in that particular priority for your life, for your dating, for anything that you're you know, going through, especially with regard to relationships. First, master. Master. Who do you serve? Who is your master? If you are a follower of Jesus, then you have committed your life to, to him, to Jesus Christ as Lord, is what a lot of verses say. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the Lord of your life. That means master. That means your boss. That means he's in charge. And unlike most or many earthly authorities, his in-chargeness is not something that's uh, that he looks down on you for. He doesn't cause problems or burdens laid upon you. No, his burden is easy. His, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He is our Lord in that he has died and sacrificed himself for us and rose again in order for us to experience new life with him. And I guess I'll pause for a second here and say that this is the first step for anything about like all this dating stuff, I want you to date well, you know, regardless. But the main thing I want you to do is make Jesus Christ your Lord. And so that means choosing, you know, understanding from his word that he has the best plan for your life. That he, is, he has chosen to, he wants to adopt you into his family. And all you need to do is accept that free gift of grace by no merit of your own. So we start with making him the master, the Lord of our life, so that we can proceed, once again, in all areas of life, come, come into focus or clarified by making him the Lord of our life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You do not need to be anxious anymore. Next, mission. Mission. What I'm talking about here is something called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. That's found in Matthew 28. And this is Jesus' last words when he was on earth. And he told his disciples around him, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so, once again, if you're a follower of God, if you're a follower of Christ, this is your mission, whether you know it or not. This is your mission. This, this gives us purpose and drive. We have, we've been put on earth to accept God's free gift of forgiveness and then to grow, be transformed by his grace, by his spirit, and to be used by him 
in people's lives, to bring people to God and to disciple them, to teach them. It says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, of all nations. But we can start where we're at. Make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all I've commanded you. So we want people to, to know the truth and the knowledge of God's truth. That's, I encourage you, if you haven't decided to make that, that your mission, then do that tonight. That's not the salvation choice necessarily, but it is a, a choice to live your life to make disciples who make disciples. So then, the third thing, mate, mate. That comes third. It comes last. Because when we put mate above those other two incredibly important things, some weird stuff starts to happen. If, you know, you're, maybe you're thinking, oh man, I've just been with him for so long, you know, and... He's a, he's a Christian. He comes to church. Uh, you know, we haven't talked really about that stuff, but he goes to church with me. And uh, he, I don't really know if he knows about this Great Commission stuff, but, you know, maybe I'll bring it up to him at some point, you know. And you, we can rationalize these things. But if you put, I'm letting you know now, if you put mate before master and mission, then it's going to cause problems for your life later. A, a mate, what you're looking for in a mate is a teammate somebody who's going to walk alongside of you in your pursuit of God, in your pursuit of his mission. And so your effectiveness over the long term, your effectiveness as a disciple is going to be accelerated or stifled by who you team up with in marriage. Your effectiveness as a disciple will be accelerated or stifled by who you team up with in marriage. So this is an important decision who you decide to marry. And this, you don't need to sweat it too much right now because we are dating. You know, I don't think most people in this room, they're not married. And so if you're in that zone of just, you're trying to figure out who's that supposed to be, start with, who is my master? And is it beyond just, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's Jesus, but really making sure that that is true in your heart. And then, who, what is your mission? And then from there, decide, okay, who should my teammate be? Who should my mate be? Because who you marry is going to draw a box around your effectiveness, your ability to follow God, to serve God, and to fulfill the Great Commission. Yeah? Next, the posture of dating. This is where uh, David here got a little bit um, desperate regarding his alliteration, the posture, all these different uh, priority. So just bear with me. Posture of dating, what's that mean? <laughs> the attitude. You know, your attitude, I'm not, sorry, don't write that in. Attitude, you know, that's the way we conduct ourselves. What's your posture? How are you going to conduct yourself in a dating relationship? What's your attitude toward that person? And I have, I have one big word that I think mostly describes that, and that is honor. Honor, you can, you can write that one down. You can write down whatever you want, but <laughs> I have no control over that. Honor. Why do I use this term honor? Well, there's some verses here that I want to, work through. First, Romans 12.10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Brotherly affection. So, you know, love one another. Oh, okay. We're, I'm not talking about, oh, I love, you know, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whoever. You know, you might not be there, but you can love people generally. God has commanded us. God has, God has chosen us to love people in general. 
as a way of as a way of embracing them as a as a fellow person, as a fellow human being. And you can love any person, you know, all people with brotherly affection. And so obviously that kind of, you know, pumps the brakes on any kind of romantic idea of love. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about loving with brotherly affection for other people. Outdo one another in showing honor. And then I'll go ahead and jump to the next verse. First Timothy 5.2 says, treat older women, this is, by the way, this is to a guy who was a leader in a church way back in the day in Bible times. This is a letter to him. And it says, treat older women as you would your mother and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. This is interesting. Both of these two verses, they're written by the same guy and they both kind of have this family (laughs) aspect of it. And, you know, we don't, we're not gonna, we don't go there with our sister. You don't go there with your brother, right? We're not talking about romance. We're just talking about loving a person, honoring a person, treating younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. And so this honor word that I'm using, that's to me, especially when I was dating throughout college, that was what I wanted to make sure that I was filtering a bunch of my, all of my behavior through. Is this honoring to to her? This is honoring to the other person because part of this, as it says in 1 Timothy, is with all purity. So this means you're not trying to toe the line with regard to, you know, your sexual purity, your boundaries or whatever. Honoring the other person means not trying to kind of convince them to to sin with you. (laughs) And honoring the other person means not communicating poorly. It It means not demanding the other person's attention. Honor means not manipulating the other person in order to get what you want. As I've mentioned before in this series, it's like we all have self-seeking inward desires. And if we just lead with that, and if the other person that I'm dating leads with that, then we're just gonna, it's just gonna be a big mess. We're just gonna be fighting because we tend to just clash with regard to our desires. But if I honor the other person and put their desires above mine, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And that certainly applies to dating. That certainly applies to marriage, but we're not going there yet. <laughs> and then uh, this also has to do with intention. Intention is a word that comes to mind here too, because along under the category of honoring somebody, it means I'm gonna make decisions, like we're a part of our lives now. If I'm dating somebody, we're part of each other's lives now. If I, and if I'm just kind of floating around, and I'm, I'm a little too fluid with my choices, you know, it's okay. If for one thing, it's okay to just not exactly have everything under control or everything figured out. But date them with intention. And date them in a way that's like, okay, uh, let's, let's go on a date. All right, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. Let's not kind of get all muddied up in the reeds of just like, Okay, what are we, who are, you know, what's our, where are we going with this? You know, communicating, you know, timelines. There's some things we've got to talk about with intention because being in a fog together is not, is not very honoring. And then carefulness too, being careful. Now, that so- sounds kind of like on a harsh or kind of negative to me is like careful, oh, be careful, you know, but there is reasonable caution that we ought to apply to this area. Why? Because it's our emotions. Like it's our heart. 
And I don't know about you, but I've been in a situation where I was dating somebody and I was like, oh man, they, this person can have my heart. And then they broke up with me. <laughs> she broke up with me, right? And, then, and so for a long time afterward, I was still kind of reeling from that. And so I don't know which, you know, if you're the aggressor or not in that situation, but, you know, in your experience, but, you know, honoring the other person means guarding your heart and guarding their heart. Proverbs 4.23 is written here, above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. So when we're in relationships, you're dating someone, it is, it is vulnerable. It's vulnerable by nature. But we need to make sure that there is wisdom, that there's care, carefulness applies to this. So both in terms of I'm not getting you know, damaged by just the sheer amount of emotional uh, uh, grip that I have on, oh man, I need this, you know. I have my hope placed in this. And making sure that the same is true for the other person, that they're not placing their hope in that fleeting thing because you're not married. Marriage is where you, you have each other's hearts in some sense. But don't do that prematurely. Don't do that in the dating phase. I implore you. Next, I need to move along here. So we're going to do that. The people of dating... The people of dating. Once again, I'm getting desperate with my alliteration. The people. And so I have three things that I want to communicate here quickly. And the first thing is the, the obvious. So there's you in a dating relationship. Who else is in a dating relationship? You got a significant other, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Here we want to be, there's a million adjectives I could have thought of for a good kind of person to date. But I think, the, I guess the thing that stood out to me as I was pondering these things based on God's word is a fruitful, growing significant other. A fruitful and growing significant other. Why do I say that? A fruitful, growing significant other. I say that because I read Psalm 1, 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. And so look at the, la the last part of that. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, it is next to its, its life source that yields its fruit in its season. In the Bible, when it talks about fruit, it's referring to your works, what you produce. And so are you producing good fruit or bad fruit in your life? And is the person that you're prospectively dating or dating, are they producing good fruit or bad fruit in their life? You want to you wanna date a fruitful, a good kind of fruitful person who is yielding their fruit in their season because of their dependence on God and their, their time in his word. And his leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. There's, there's prosperity. It is growing. There is increase in a person's life. You see, if you're going to be with somebody for a long time, you want to make sure that they are progressing in their life, not just, you know, making more money, but they're spiritually progressing and they're getting to know God better. And I also hope the same is true for you. And so being fruitful 
and growing. Those are two key aspects. In some way, any other kind of fruit of the Spirit, you know, from Galatians 5 or 1 Corinthians 13 talks about characteristics of love. These are good things to be looking out for in somebody. But ultimately, you want somebody who's fruitful. Are they bearing good fruit? And someone who's growing, are they, are they maturing? Are they, or are they just stuck in one place or stagnant? Moving on, godly counsel. So this is the second kind of person you want nearby. Not, you know, you might not be dating. You date a fruitful, growing, significant elder. And then along with this, nearby, you want godly counsel. You see, we need people in our lives. Especially, this is so helpful in discipleship. If, you are, if you're meeting with somebody in challenge, you know, they would be a great person to talk to about any prospects you have, any person that you have in mind with regard to dating. Why? So they can kind of, you know, squash your dreams and tell you, no, you shouldn't date them. No. Once they, if they're a good mentor, if they're a good source of godly counsel, they will even tell you that. They will even tell you, ah, you shouldn't date them because they probably see things differently than you do. And they have a higher kind of understanding from experiences and just perspectives that they've picked up over time. Or maybe their, their time with God, their, their communion with God in his word. It's like they have more understanding, more experience, more perspective than you do. Proverbs 15 says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so... This is, you can take this to the bank. This is true for like any stage of relationship. If you're single, if you're planning to date somebody, if you're, you know, whatever, any kind of stage of this, should I marry this person? Talk to somebody who's like been there. <laughs> Talk to somebody who's going through that. Talk to somebody who you trust, who spiritually, they walk with God and they want to see you grow. They want to see you thrive uh, in spite of and even, even if they were to say, mm, you know what, I'm going to tell you what you don't want to hear. I don't think you should date this person. This is good. This is helpful to have. And then a third thing, a third person that we need to have in mind, or third people, community. Community is a third thing here. You see, not only, obviously, you date a person, a fruitful, growing, significant other. You have godly counsel above you who's been there, who can walk, help walk you through this. And around you, around you, you guys, you too, <laughs> there's a community of people who can see blind spots and they can help you and they can support you and encourage you when things go hard. And in Proverbs 18, verse 1, it says, A man who isolates himself, and I would argue a couple who isolates themselves, seeks their own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Perhaps you know people like this who got together they were dating, and then people stopped seeing them, and they kind of got unplugged from community, and nobody could really speak into their life anymore, and it's basically just, you know, <laughs> two ticks trying to, trying to suck the blood out of each other, and it's not working at all. And they don't have the kind of perspective, the kind of insight, and the kind of just health <laughs> that comes from being in a community of people who are around them, and they're, all they're trying to do is just, you know, get from each other, but... We need to make sure that we're in community along with having godly counsel and making sure that that person that we're, that we're dating, that we're with, is a growing and fruitful, significant other. There's a lot of things that one could share. And I guess the beauty of this too, I didn't want to come into here and tell you all these different kind of, here's how to date. You know, date this kind of, you know, uh, 
go on X amount of dates, and then you can do this. Or there's, I'm not trying to get into the, the details of how you ought to do it, because there's a lot of subjectivity to that, and there's a lot of just like details and just things that just don't make sense for me to communicate from here. And that's why having godly counsel in your life is beneficial. This is why it's fruitful, because you can talk to them about you know, X, Y, and Z questions about dating that you have. And so I'm okay leaving this a little open-ended for you to understand, you know, this is like, like talk to people, man. Like talk to people about who, who you're thinking about asking out. Talk to people about whether you should marry this person. Talk to people about all these different things because they're the kind of people, not just me from a stage, but they're the kind of people who can speak life into what you're going through to help you understand and, and see clearly amidst the confusion, the 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 trickiness that comes from relationships, from emotions, from, from love and romance and all these different things that we go through. And once again, ultimately, if God is steering your ship, if God is the one who is the master of your life, then hopefully you're still going to be getting godly counsel and in a community. This is part of what it means to follow him. But you want him to be the center of your life you want to be orbiting around him so that you can successfully pursue your mission and then find a mate through dating in whatever way, in a way that's honoring to him, in a way that's going to bring success and satisfaction. So let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for, I just want to thank you for every person here. Thank you for truths. Thank you for wisdom that we see in your word that helps us, helps us to understand And thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit who tells us, who teaches us about things that we don't understand. And thank you for for counsel and people in our lives who can speak into the challenging things. And so I ask that you would just transform us tonight and make us obedient to you, make make our eyes fixed upon you, and make us ready to just, whether we're going to date anytime soon, whether we're dating now, wherever each person is, I pray that you would give us insight from your word, from the spirit to help us figure out what's next so that we can honor you in every relationship in our lives. Looking to you. In Jesus' name, amen.